Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Haunted History Chronicles. Today we're joined by a past guest who chatted with me all the way back in Season 1 about Rolling Hill Asylum. Courtney, also known as the Ghoul Guide, has also been part of the writing community we have over on the Haunted History Chronicles website. She wrote an incredible piece about Indiana State Sanatorium. I'll make sure to post links to those episodes and writing in the description link below for this episode. Courtney has been living up to her name since last we chatted, and has been enjoying many adventures and wanderings through some amazing locations, guiding people through the stories and paranormal experiences these locations have wanted to share. Courtney has also been published in both Volume 1 and Volume 3 of The Feminine Macabre. So, without further ado, let's say hello to our guest today. Courtney. Hi. So Courtney, since the last time we chatted, you have been this busy bee. <laughs> you have been to so many different locations. You've written two pieces in The Feminine Macabre One and Three. And every time I look at what you're doing, you're on some new adventure, which is so exciting. So shall we start with The Feminine Macabre? Yeah, let's just get right into it. Yeah, let's dive in. So <laughs> You wrote two very different pieces for both books, and they were incredible. I loved them both. What inspired you to write those two pieces? What kind of gave you that idea, that impetus to put pen to, pa- pen to paper and go with those? Um, well, for the first piece, for the first volume, Amanda actually called out and said that she needed um, more dark history pieces. So whatever I worked on, I just completely scrapped it and just wrote from scratch. And somehow in the mix of like trying to figure out what I was going to write, um, I had this idea that um, I should write about safety coffins. They were kind of like one of like the first things, like one of the first like morbid history things that I learned about or I remember about from like in like sixth grade that kind of caught my attention so I was like why don't we just kind of bring that full circle and see where that takes us and that got me in the first volume and then the second one I wrote about um occult games which is something that every preteen teenager has done in their life at any sleepover and I came across one that was on some like blog site back like almost 10 years ago and Every once in a while, it kind of just keeps popping back up for me. So when I needed something for volume three, I was kind of like at a loss of what to do. Somehow the Midnight Man game popped up and I was like, boom, that's it. We're doing it. It has to. It was creepy. It was seriously (laughs) creepy. But it would be the thing that I would play. (laughs) I There have been so many chances for me to play it and so many times I've wanted to jump on it. But then, like, when you start getting the materials ready, you're, like, start, like, like, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. I started to be, like, wait a second. What if all this comes true and we are just screwed? Like, what, what are you going to do? And so I'm kind of, like, mm, blame Courtney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be that person that would try it out. I just would. I'd have to do it with company. I wouldn't do it by myself. But, yeah, oh, yeah. I, would, I would totally be on that one. 
I mean, it's recommended that you have to do it with more people, so there's more people for him to try to find exactly. and hopes to like leave you alone. It's the, but, equivalent, uh, <laughs> it's the equivalent of the Walking Dead world, isn't it? Because you just allow other people to get taken first. Yeah. You know, you shove them under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. But no, they were great pieces. Really, really. And just, as I said, very different and showcased some very different kind of parts of the field that were really fascinating and just allowed people a little insight I think into the kinds of things that you're interested in yeah and what you're about but yeah they were brilliant really enjoyable well thank you I hope you kind of go for the next volume and I see you again in the next print (laughs) uh here's to hoping I have to kind of scroll through my chaotic notes app on my phone and see what I can kind of like pull from it and I don't know, maybe make a piece for volume four. It would, I would love to be a part of it. There's so much fun to be a part of. So. Oh my gosh, absolutely. absolutely. If anyone's like looking for a sign to submit to volume four and hopefully any other volumes in the future, like this is it. It is one of the funnest projects you can be a part of. It's so much fun having your piece in an actual book alongside all these other people in the field. I'm just, so excited that you got in it. <laughs> I know. It was totally, it was totally by surprise. I mean, I really didn't think I was I would get in. I wrote it just kind of on the back of, well, I'm just gonna give it a go. I've spoken to so many people who've submitted and, you know, enjoying enjoyed the volume so much and I'll just put my own pen to paper and, and you know, see what comes of it. If nothing happens, nothing happens. It's stuff I'm still interested in anyway. And then when I heard I was literally like skipping for joy. I was like, woohoo. I, um, I got the pit like I got the picture with all of the authors' names on it. And I looked and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, there's Michelle. And it I submitted it, I think, the day of my birthday. So yeah, I think I, I handed it in on the day of my birthday and then found out almost immediately after Christmas or the new year when Amanda was kind of announcing it and I was like my god this is really good it's like bookcase ends to two pretty special days of the year the calendar year you know so it was really exciting it was really good and like you said I echo anybody who has the kernel of an idea or um, wants to submit something try because even if you don't get in you get the chance to network with some incredible people within the field who have such wide perspectives and and voices that you know you'll you'll enjoy just being part of the community if nothing else so very exciting so amanda's got her next project i think you're able to submit now for printing in the fall so now's the time if you're thinking about it to just give it a go i have to say i have the kernel of an idea i have a title Oh, I see. I never get titles first. I always like, kind of work on, idea, uh, on an idea and then like it'll hit me midway through. I'm like, okay, now I have to do this. Neither do I. I'm terrible with titles. I, it usually takes me forever to come up with a podcast title. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things I really struggle with to kind of make it succinct. But yeah, I have a title and I have the beginnings of an idea. I just don't know if it's too dark. Mm, Which I you can never, you can never go wrong. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll chat after this is finished. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, it's definitely burning away in my head. If it doesn't end up something I write about and submit, it's definitely something I think I might chat about somewhere on the podcast in the future, or there you go on the website because it's it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. 
So besides the feminine macabre and all of these writing adventures that you've been on, you have literally been here, there and everywhere <laughs> just in any different <laughs> location. I am. I'm jealous. I'm quite frankly jealous. You need like a paranormal passport so you can just stamp oh my all God. these different spots that you've been in. That is a dream. I'm, yeah. actually, I'm going to make that happen now. Um. That would be quite cool, <laughs> wouldn't it, really? It would be like a badge of honour. Look, I made it through here. Just so you know, right? I'm a pro. But yeah, you have been to some amazing locations. And I think having the chance to sit with you and chat through some of those would be great. So where has been some of your standout locations that you've been in the last few months, would you say? Hmm. I would say there's probably about like four standout Mm -hmm. locations that I've been um one was definitely waverly hills which i'm actually going back to next week Mm -hmm. um saratoga county homestead that has quickly grown to be one of my favorite places no matter how much how much it terrifies me um the indiana state sanitarium which i wrote about for your page yeah um that's been an incredible site to check out and the fourth would probably be madison seminary um, Madison was kind of like this place I didn't really think I would go to it as much as I, I have been. And, you know, I didn't really think I would have this connection to this place. But each time I've gone back, it's just gotten weirder and weirder. And I so, feel like we're like warming up to each other in a sense. So it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting next I think, time I go back. I think there is something, though, about investigating a place more than once. Because I think you go you kind of get a feel for certain spots in the plot in the property you kind of get a feel for the atmosphere places maybe that you've had particular hits of activity and you can reinvestigate you can see if you get the same types of things the same types of information you can verify you can you know try and pursue that but likewise I think you going in there whatever is in there is also warming up to you and so you coming back more than once means that they're receptive to you in their space communicating with you they've seen how you've operated before on a previous investigation and I think that sometimes makes for a more interesting investigating investigation itself I think it's so much fun um because each time you go back with a different experience and you kind of take away something else so I am always here for that but Mm -hmm. like when it came to Madison Seminary so Madison Seminary is this old building out in madison ohio and it was it belonged to the women's relief corps who took in women and families after the civil war and it actually housed a civil war spy who helped abe lincoln win the war um and then it kind of turned in it was an all-boys school and most of them turned into priests so that's why they called it a seminary and then over time it kind of just like fell into the hands of the state and the county and they turned it into like a nursing home. And a lot of a lot of shady stuff kind of have happened through the years. Like the women were abused and all this stuff. And I don't know. I feel like each time we go back there, we kind of like hit on a layer of its history. We kind of like hit more in the like nursing home asylum type of days, especially up in the asylum. But there, I don't know. It's just this weird little place in Ohio that, like I said, um, 
it keeps it it just keeps getting weirder every time I go back and I don't I don't know what to make of it but I'm also like really intrigued by it is it a location that's explored a lot or is it kind of a bit of an untapped gem of a location no it's it's one that's been around for a while and one that uh many investigators and like curious minds kind of like walk in and out of so you have all of that energy coming through and then you have all the energy from you know people doing private hunts left and right or um you know like tours and people who just love the building and are there so you there's like a whole mix of energy coming in and out of the building but i don't know it's, it's just a weird place when you find something that just captures your imagination though it's just hard to resist and you know locations can capture people's inspiration for a variety of different reasons but when it calls out to you when it sings to you it's one that's just really special you can't help but want to keep going back to mm-hmm. and like you said often they're the places that the more you look the more you find the more layers you peel back the more stories you uncover people that come through that you can then go away and find things out about or you know, you can tap into other things within the community that might shed light on that. And that's really interesting. It's exciting. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that somewhere like that would pique <laughs> your interest. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you mentioned the other three. What, had it, what is it about those three locations? I mean, Waverly Hills, I know you and I have spoken about in the first podcast. Yeah, Ooh, it was on Waverly Hills. Bucket is my, list. Yeah, Waverly Hills is just my favourite place. Um, I've, I've wanted... I've wanted to go there ever since I was like eight years old. And last year I finally got the chance. So actually on Easter, I'm driving back down there to spend three whole days in the building, investigating, hanging out, playing around. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what, what fun things we have in store for that um, first two days. It like, what's going to like kick off in terms of like um, activity because we We've kind of realized that every time like we go in with our little sticky note challenge games or just like any kind of game to challenge ourselves in solos, we kind of get more out of it in terms like with our energy too. Like if you have a good group of people who vibe together well, um, that energy is going to like, I don't know, maybe peak off all the other spirits energies. So like we have a couple things planned in hopes to like, I don't know, spike everything like spike the activity that's going on so i'm really excited to see if that'll work if our little um theories are going to work on that i think who you are with and the type of energy you bring into a space is so crucial yes i think in some ways more so than equipment that you bring or anything else because if you go in with this very flat negative mindset then that's kind of what you get out of it and i think if you go in with high energy if you try different things if you are laughing if you are just doing something sometimes a little bit different it it's not the same kind of patter and routine that in terms of how investigations go it's not that and so sometimes that peaks interest and that energy builds and spirits (laughs) are energy so of course it's going to play into the type of energy that then comes into that space because you know it's all connected and yeah, I think that the more you can kind of add in little things, things that are different, it makes it can make for some really interesting outcomes. So yeah, I yeah, I, no, I'm no, you like that. hit it on the head. Um, we we started kind of doing this with the whole um, sticky note challenge game that we've kind of come up with. 
Um, so basically the whole idea is that someone hides everyone's sticky note. Like each person gets a name and their names on a sticky note and they hide them throughout the entire building. Um, we actually did this in the Saratoga County homestead, which was one of the four buildings I just named. Um, and it was terrifying because we had no idea where any of the notes were. And one by one, we were going into the building completely alone on a wild goose chase to try to just find one sticky note that was hidden by someone. And, you know, if you found someone else's, then it was their turn to go. But if you found your own, then you had to go pick out a name out of a hat. And I don't know, there's just something about putting yourself in that moment, in that chaos of just having everyone coming in and out that kind of just, you know, gets everyone's attention who's still lingering around to be like, what the hell are these kids doing? Why are they running around screaming in the middle of the night <laughs> by themselves? Yeah, having fun, but, doing something a bit yeah. different. And sometimes just wanting to get involved, you know, see what mm-hmm. you're doing and what you're up to. I think it's the equivalent of, you know, if people go into a location and, you know, create an environment that's, that's similar or does something different play a game like poker or dress up play music stage a dance I mean I know some I know someone in a group who recently went into a courthouse in period dress where they created a script true to trials that would have happened 150 years ago and basically had a court session and they had a trial so you know people that were there would have it would have appeared that there was a trial going on with people in the dock being you know, put up for terrible crimes. And, you know, that built the energy. And it's, it's, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to do something different, trigger something in a, vari- in a variety of different ways. And it doesn't always have to be a gadget to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be you as the person going in that can help spark that. And I think that's something that people would need to be aware of that we are just as much an important tool as an investigator as the bits of kit that we take with us and honestly i've i've come to realize that this year we've had some of our like most amazing things happen while we were just hanging out and not even like investigating like we were playing checkers on the floor of some checkers set that was in the madison asylum and we were hearing banging and knocks coming from the hallway and we caught an edp like on our phone while we were doing b-roll and weren't even like paying attention to like what was around us Yep. So, I don't know. I just think everyone should go out, like, have your serious investigations and do all that and have the respect, but also go in there and have a lot of fun because we don't know what we're trying to catch. We're just hanging out in buildings, hoping something talks to us through these little recorders and stuff. But And, and you've got to remember that they were once human beings, and so therefore... Exactly. Human beings want to interact with human beings. and So I'm sure they love the chaos. They're probably exactly. all just laughing at us. They're probably laughing at us, like, not even doing anything. Just like, what are these little buttholes doing just hanging out in this building? <laughs> yeah. But it's that but thing yeah, of, I don't know. Someone goes in all, if someone's going in all the time asking the same thing or asking them, did somebody die here? Did this happen? Well, exactly. you know, sometimes, sometimes they don't want to talk about that. They want to do something different. Playing a game helping someone win, trying to give some clues by knocking somewhere or something is a lot more entertaining. Yeah. They're doing um, something that's reminiscent of what they would have done in life. And again, that just can trigger that little bit of energy and that peak in activity that otherwise might not have happened. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent on that. So you're going to Waverly Hills. Are you going to be sleeping in Waverly Hills in these three days of investigating or do you get to 
have a bit of a break from it. Um, we're actually going to be sleeping in the old pump house that they made into a bunkhouse. So if it's anything like Indiana, um, I am not going to put it past me that there's going to be ghosts in there. I'm very so now. So there's one thing to investigate somewhere, but to stay somewhere is very cool. Yeah. There's something very different about being in that, lo- you know, that location full time. And just being part of that atmosphere. And when things quieten down and slow down and, you know, it's just you with your own thoughts whilst you're trying to sleep. Yeah, it is terrible. It is terrible. As someone who sleeps with the TV on for comfort, oh, it is the worst thing. Um, There's been a few places where I've been able to sleep in. uh, Madison Seminary, Indiana State, uh, Wilson Castle, which is this old gorgeous castle out in vermont um and like wildwood and hinsdale and stuff and so i've had the chance to sleep in some of these places indiana is kind of like the only place where i really have stuff happen to me that i know of um in madison i know our friend amanda who the book and who was spooky it's online she was with me at madison seminary and i was in another room for her but she slept on the floor and she said that she could hear everything coming a al- or coming alive at five in the morning outside of the door that we had locked. Um, she said you could hear like footsteps, you can hear like women talking as if they were getting ready for their rounds of the day. Mm. Um, yeah, she was she was a little freaked out by that, I think. But <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I really enjoy though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I try to like cocoon myself as much as possible. So that's like my little safe zone. But um when I slept in the Indiana state sanitarium um on their like commercial building um i had things mess with me all day long and i was actually just thinking about this the other night um i don't know how i survived that entire weekend because i'm pretty sure i only got like three hours of sleep that entire weekend i was there (laughs) and sometimes it's just like that it can be really full-on you you know you're feeling something you're experiencing something for large chunks of an investigation and then other times it's just a bit quieter and you just have to go with the flow and see where it takes you yeah (laughs) i was i was particularly jealous of the i think it was the castle that you just mentioned where i think you slept on the balcony like the stairway or the balcony and you just had this amazing view down like the like the middle of a staircase i mean Mm -hmm. it was so grand yeah so that was um wilson castle it it's, I've probably been there, I want to say, like, maybe three times now. Um, I'm actually, I should be going there at the end of the month. Um, it is this gorgeous, gorgeous castle from, like, the 19th century. And it's been in the Wilson family for over 70 years, probably even more. Um, but I, the last time I was there, I had the chance to sleep over. So I slept up on the second floor landing on a couch known as the heart attack couch because right where the couch is laying um someone actually passed from a heart attack right there and it was actually recent too so while i didn't have a heart attack i was about to when i heard um what sounded like our things getting rummaged through during the middle of the night which is like one of the claims that happens there it was probably about like four in the morning when we like finally like laid down and try to get some sleep and I was just laying there I had myself cocooned like trying to get some sleep in this freezing cold castle and I was listening to like whatever firewood was still crackling um in the lobby beneath me 
And all of a sudden, it sounded like our bags were getting rifled through. And you can hear like a little footsteps. Sounded like my like my equipment bag fell over and you know someone was like touching other stuff down there and then it died down um and then you're like you kind of got some sleep and everything but once the sun started coming up it sounded like a whole person in the bait like in the lobby room so i thought it was andy the caretaker and he even like called out to us like it sounded like someone was in there and we gave it a second to see like if he would come up the stairs or if like he would walk by where i could see over the railing there was no one there. <laughs> I looked at my friend Hannah, who was sleeping on the other couch adjacent from me. And I was like, you heard that, right? She was like, yeah. I was like, I think Andy's here. Like, come on, let's go downstairs. And we started going downstairs and checking everything out. There was not a single soul on the whole bottom of the castle. Um, there was no cars in the parking lot except for anyone who was sleeping over that night. So that's an experience I cannot explain from there. That's intriguing. <laughs> Yeah, you see, again, those are the moments we love, aren't they? When you just come away and you just think, I really can't explain that away. I can't find an answer to why and how that happened. Exactly. And there's been so many times where it's like, oh, like I dismiss it. And I'm like, oh, no, it's it definitely had to be that. But like the more you sit there and look around and like actually like see for yourself that like there's no possible way this could happen. And you're like, oh, man, like, no, no, that happened. <laughs> so if you had any particular stand up standout moments like that from some of these other locations that you just think yeah that's really quite special (laughs) um there's so there's two from indiana state that i've been thinking about lately there was this one moment on the first official night we started investigating we had to let people out at the gate and the investigation ran from like seven and like seven at night to about six in the morning so around like 5 30 we had to let someone out of the gate and they were driving off and as we were driving i was in the back seat of my friend's car and he was driving and another friend was sitting up up front i was just looking at my phone getting ready like getting my mind quieted down from the investigation and as we drove off there was a someone said hey in our car so the boys looked back at me and they're like what like what what did you want i look up for my phone i'm like what the hell are you guys talking about? Uh, My friend Steve slammed on the brakes and he was like, you didn't just say, Hey. And I was like, no, (laughs) like the look on their faces just completely dropped. Um, We couldn't dismiss it away. It wasn't my phone because I wasn't like on any videos or anything at the time. Like no one had anything playing. We were all just getting ready to like go drive to the commercial building and we just heard a disembodied voice say, hey, in our car. And this was right after Steve was like, oh, you know, I don't really think it was that active tonight. And he was going off about something. And all of a sudden, they just heard this hey voice. And it was something that we couldn't dismiss away at all. Um, Clearly, someone was disputing the right and I, the concern and exactly about lack what of I activity. Told him too. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, I'm here. I've been here. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I told him. That's um, very creepy. Right. Because it, well, not creepy, but it's, it's unusual. Just, it's unusual type uh, type activity, right? And I never, I never had anything happen in my car. Um, like, I know some people like had like people like knocking on their windows or anything. I've never had anything happen around my car, and I would love for it to stay that way. But they like the the look on their faces just proved to me like they heard what they heard. Like there was no way to dispute it. 
um, I literally almost slammed my face into the back of the seat with the way he broke. Yeah, with the way he broke. Um, but yeah, we really couldn't explain that away. And then the next night, we were all hanging out in the admin like side of the building, and there's this huge staircase. There was probably about like seven of us hanging out, sitting there, and it an hour and a half went by you know we were hearing things running up again like running up above us um we had stuff on the REM pod going off um you know we had i think music box activity too and as we were kind of hanging out on the stairs there is an entrance to the hallway on the right hand side and as we were all hanging out it looked like two flashlights came around and like works what like as if they were exploring because you can see the light on the window. So I made the joke. I remember being like, here comes the light. And like, we we're all waiting for them to like walk in the lights. Never like no one ever came with the lights. The lights shone away as if someone was like moving across the hallway. No one ever walked in. Um, we all looked at each other. Like you guys just saw that, right? Two people ran off the stairway into the hallway and searched for anyone around. Um, there was no one in the chapel, no one in the hallway, no one in the rooms near us. Uh, so we just saw like two unexplained flashlights that we couldn't dismiss away. And it's a location, isn't it? That's kind of not near Heather's lighting, <laughs> it is, right? It's it like... is in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Um, the only lighting that there is, is maybe like one or two streetlights out in the, out in the driveway, but that's not even probably accurate um like this place is run down it's been sitting abandoned for 10 years um there's like no doors on the on the admin building there's you know there's windows broken but it looks like it just it looked like two bright white flashlight lights shining on the wall shining in and then exiting and without even like hesitation like hesitation two people just went up and try to look for him to see like if what we were seeing was real or if we could help him out um and there was nothing there that's so, very peculiar you, that's right really peculiar right and then we it kind of brings us into like this little theory that we've always been kind of like playing with this year and we were wondering like well what if we're the ghosts um because two 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 days so, earlier i've had that thought it literally <laughs> My brain literally goes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Well, two days earlier, Addie and I were stuck in that doorway where we saw the lights coming from, with our flashlights, because the boys left us to go upstairs and away from the bats. So we're like, "Well, that's cool, but what if we just saw ourselves from two days ago freaking out?" I don't know. And- it just sends you into this whole tailspin and down a rabbit hole. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and it sparks other questions. Is it that, you know, are we seeing future selves, future ghosts? Mm-hmm. Am I, mean, I seeing someone else from like am I three weeks else? ago? Exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 something, it's something fun to ponder on if you want to go down a rabbit hole one night. And I, <laughs> just to come back to the feminine macabre, I know that there was a particular piece. I can't remember the author off the top of my head. But in one of the journals, there was a piece precisely about that. And it and it was just incredible. But it really did make your whole world tilt. And you start to question and look and think and explore this in a different way. Yeah. And I'm not saying either's right or, or any, 
either's wrong, but it just allows you to kind of broaden your perspective mm-hmm. a little bit and just think a little bit broader and, and ask the, you know, the question, the possibility, because it is a possibility. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely mind mind altering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's something I kind of like ponder on. I try not to ponder on it too much because it'll just send me down into a spiral and be like, "All right, now what do I truly believe?" And <laughs> but if you think of the but it's just yeah incidents where people have had kind of apparitions of future selves, mm-hmm. where they've experienced something, where they've they've perceived seeing someone that they know or even themselves right like doppelgangers yeah it made made me wonder um because I actually talked about this on another podcast I was like well if we're thinking about this well what if doppelgangers aren't aren't necessarily what everyone thinks they are and they're like if you see one you're supposed to die well what if it's what if the, the time is right and you just ended up seeing either your past self or your future self or someone else saw your past self or future self definitely yeah, it's definitely if if it makes you think about it and it intrigues you, explore it because it is just like <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones that you just like you said, it's a rabbit hole that you just keep going yeah, <laughs> and then pulling in other aspects of the paranormal right? and psychology and going, eh, does it explain that and does it connect with this? And you're like, maybe. So yeah, it's right. it's fascinating and like I said, if you haven't read the feminine macabre there's definitely an amazing essay in one of i think i know what one you're talking about too i think it's celeste's with the egregores yeah i think it is i think you're right because as soon as you started thinking as soon as you started saying it it was like "Hmm, i wonder if that's celeste's (laughs) it's amazing it truly is amazing so yeah it and again it just kind of echoes what we said earlier that those journals just have a huge amount of different perspectives and ideas and theories and comments you know commentary on things that mean that they're really exciting to read because there's something for everybody in there so yeah definitely mind altering that one (laughs) (laughs) but I what I love about what you do with the ghoul guide is that you allow people to experience these investigations they come along with you and you do it in a variety of different ways because you know you share images and you share your mini blogs where you're talking about your experiences and the location and the history but you also spend time whilst at many of these locations kind of bringing people into the investigation with you so you know you're doing little lives you're doing little clips you're doing you know walk arounds you're doing um so many different things that pull people into that investigation which i think is amazing because you're showcasing that building but you're also showcasing some of the techniques that you're using, some of the games that you're pulling in, you know, some of the ways that you use to try and build that energy. And, you know, I can live vicariously through that because as someone <laughs> who lives on the other side of the world, you know, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily be able to experience that location, but I can really see it and appreciate it and, and feel like I know it through your eyes. And that's, that's amazing. And I know, I know that's partly why you do what you do, because you want to highlight certain places and experiences and, you know, just the name. <laughs> the <Google. laughs> You're guiding people around these experiences, but you really do capture it brilliantly. So if anybody hasn't kind of come along and seen you do those things, finding you on Instagram and, and, and et cetera, or TikTok, whatever it is, whichever one is your vibe, <laughs> then you can experience these for yourself and kind of have a little window into some of these locations. 
Yeah. Um, I, the whole, in, like going Instagram live is so much fun. Um, we started doing it mainly because we started doing um, little experiments with the Estes method um, that's been going around in the field lately. So we kind of put ourselves in two different areas and, you know, we communicate over the phone and that way we can see like if our questions we are asking are being lined up with someone who's on the first floor. Um, so we started doing that, but I really, I really do enjoy bringing everyone in, like you said, on these investigations, even on the tours. I just think it's fun because before I started this, I've always wanted you know, that group of friends to go and do this. I never had friends who really wanted to dive into the paranormal as much as I did. Um, I had my cousin, but she could only really come whenever she, whenever she could. And I just kind of, I, I wanted to do it all the time. And I just really love this field and I love the passion I have for it. So making the Instagram and, you know, bringing you guys on these lives or just my way of showing you some of the places that I've gone to but also, like you said, um, bringing people who can't go there into some of these places for a little bit. And I do that with the Instagram lives and I do the Polaroids. So you guys can have a little snippet of my investigation or like a favorite location that you have that you can't go to or that you haven't gone to yet. So I don't know. I just think this whole thing has been a really fun project. And I love the way it's, I love whatever it's turning into. It's been absolute it's been a wild ride but Ooh. um as long as everyone wants to still come hang out with me and watch me play along with ghosts and hang out then i will gladly be there to do it but i think what also makes putting out their live really exciting is that there's no editing involved so exactly. someone watching <laughs> can immediately kind of throw away some of those things that might get put out there of oh that's just careful editing of that lining up with that so it looks like it's yeah no, it's live you could yeah. literally can't manipulate it in any way you know you're seeing it from a kind of a yeah like you're you're seeing it in. like as it's happening yeah. so like if we have anything crazy come up during like the Estes sessions um where things do line up which we've had happen you're seeing it right there in that moment I'm not um editing things or anything i editing is one reason why i'm not getting into youtube minus the fact that it's like a wild west and that i'm not ready to conquer yet but um these are this is like my way of bringing the the like the youtube investigations to you but without all the editing and the gimmicks that some people do this is just investigating at its finest and you'll see that you know, sometimes we don't get a lot of stuff. We kind of just spend hours hanging out in the dark, wandering around, doing all these tricks and stuff, but we might not get a lot. And that's okay because that's part that's part of the process. But But I yeah. think it's authentic because you're not doing it for views. You're not doing it exactly. for a specific reason and other than come along and see what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Experience this with us. Come into this experiment with us. Come into this investigation with us. And you know, people either want to see that or they don't. Um, but the people that do are the kinds of people that will really appreciate you putting that content out because they're able to take part and be another set of eyes in that space for however long it's live for. Oh, yeah. See if they can hear something, see if they can pick up on something. Yeah, and we've, again, actually had, we've actually had people, like, screen record it. So they'll like watch us on live and screen record the entire time we're live and we'll go back 
and listen to see if like we missed anything you know say we heard a voice that you know, like we can save our lives but like say we heard a voice that person who's screen recording can like have it shared within like seconds so that's another way too i don't know but i think yeah. it's all part of the kind of the the way the field is moving towards you know mm-hmm. how it's evolved we now cannot do we can do these things so people are beginning to and again it just might throw up another means of capturing information and allowing other people to capture and see what's happening so that's kind of exciting. I yeah. Think. So yeah, do you have their fun? Do you have <laughs> any particular pieces of equipment or I mean I know you just mentioned the Estes me- method. Do you have any particular pieces of equipment or things that you like to try and use as experiments to kind of ramp up that activity? Um I I really love the spirit box and the headphones for the Estes method. Um I love the spirit box on its own. It was one of my first pieces of equipment that I like will always cherish. Yeah, um, it's like the like a first baby. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I, I looked at my case the other day and I was like, maybe I should get another spirit box. And I looked no. at it and I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> no, it's special. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's fine. It's fine until it's broken. Yeah. But um I have that. I love my digital recorder. Um Though, if I'm with my group of friends, I kind of never take my, which is like a staple in the paranormal world. But don't let that fool you because they're just from the 90s. Um, the ghost, uh, the ghost shows kind of ramped up. So if you have an extra $4,000 to blow, then by all means, go on eBay and get one. But any digital recorder will be, we'll fine. be fine. Yeah. Yeah, you like don't you don't to, need. Yeah, you don't have to lay down a mortgage payment to exactly. buy a piece of equipment. You just exactly. Don't. They're great to have, but they're even better when they're not that price. Um. <laughs> but you know, sometimes the simplest pieces of equipment can be the most effective. You know, they can give really powerful, clear communication. Oh yeah, well, like I said before, we we captured stuff on our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard a huge breath or a high um in the middle of someone's b-roll that they weren't even like assuming anything would be on so you can even just use your phone you can use yourself i personally love using myself as a piece of equipment i am very old school um because i forget about any of the equipment that i have if i don't take it out and i kind of don't like to fuss with it that much i am the type of person that loves just sitting in a building and letting letting myself and the building warm up to each other so i love being there in the moment i love and this is also like another reason why i'm probably not on youtube because i forget to film everything um i love being in the moment and you know just kind of getting used to everything around you the little creaks of the building you know the things that'll stand out like how do you feel in this moment um i really love that because when you actually start to hear stuff and, you know, you're not paying attention. You're like, okay. And that's something to, like, really keep your eye on. Or, well, I think oh, it damn, sometimes, like, I really just saw that. <laughs> I think it sometimes helps you to tune in. You're not being distracted by something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that can be a necessary part of an evening to just allow yourself to become part of the surroundings. Yeah. So that then you really do notice, like you said, every creak, every kind of noise that the building's going to make. You get used to it. But I think it also allows you to tap into that kind of, intuitive side mm-hmm. you know you get to feel the place and experience the place what is it kind of giving to you on that other level and I think 
paranormal investigating can be dismissive of that side of investigating, but actually it's something we all innately have and it can be really revealing. I think bring all those sides in is really important to kind of get that full rounded impression and experience and activity, you know, pull it all together. But yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. In these like gadgets and things have a place, use them great. But there's also something very much about using our own bodies as the tool to kind of help during that process too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I really do think it's all about like it helps you tune in and stuff. And it's also I guess you can call it grounding. Mm. Um I'm not I'm not one for like the huge spiritual practice. I'm just starting to really get into it. But um yeah, I guess that can be used as grounding. But I I don't know. There's just something there's just something about getting a feel for the place that's I don't know, that just stands out more than anything to me. And I think I mean I think when people think of grounding, they think it really does have to be something incredibly spiritual that you're communing and you're seeing things more like clairvoyance and mediumship. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, it, it's a spectrum. It is a real spectrum. And I think we can be very dismissive of the types of feelings and impressions that we have of a particular place that sometimes shouldn't be dismissed. They, you know, offer mm-hmm. insights. And I've spoken on the podcast before about a friend of mine who runs investigations at the paranormal in, you know, the Jamaica in, she does paranormal investigations there and she hosts all of them. So she runs all the events and teams come in and investigate and they have private investigations as well as, you know, part of the community coming in and doing paid investigations. And they do all kinds of different research and, and experiments and you name it, they try it. And one of the things that they do is just have people go into one particular spot, tell them nothing, absolutely nothing. They go in by themselves and they're just there in that being like you were talking about, just experience this room by yourself in the dark. And then they're asked afterwards with no kind of getting together with other people. They're basically just asked a question, you know, given a questionnaire. What did you feel whilst you were in that room? What did you experience? What was it like? And they've created you know, they've collected years of responses with, you know, none of these people have interacted with anyone else about it in any way, shape or form. And most of the responses talk about this room being somewhere that people feel like they're feeling seasick, that they're feeling like they're swaying, very unsettled, that they're just not on solid ground, that it's moving. And they couldn't explain it for years and years and years. But time and time again, people would go into this spot and feel like the ground was shifting. Mm. And then they did research and they were looking at wooden beams elsewhere in the property. A lot of the beams in this one particular room came from like floorboards and parts of a ship that had shipwrecked near the coast, off the coast of Cornwall. So here they are in a room that they're feeling like, the ground shifting and it's moving and the floorboards themselves came from the deck of a ship that sank so, oh my god that's so cool <laughs> i mean but why would you ever make that connection why would you how would you like right have that sensation that, that's it interesting sense. and all they did was ask people what do you think about this room and they do oh. you know it's just a really interesting little kind of body of collection of research that they gathered over years they did it for years with no real knowing where it was going until all this research then kind of threw out this one piece of information that 
kind of shed light on it. And I think that's the kind of stuff sometimes that can be really revealing about, like we were talking about, how us as people can be just as important at all. We can provide something that maybe doesn't have answers right now, but give it another few more years and suddenly that bit of information might tie up with something else and who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, yeah. Tell you something I mean, really I'm, exciting. Yeah. I feel like in those situations, you always have to like follow your gut. That is something I'm going to definitely try to push myself more towards this year. Um, I kind of like made it a goal to like get myself alone as possible in some of these places. So I can test that. Like, what I actually feel over the fear, like once the initial fear and all that is gone. But yeah, yeah, I definitely, that's so interesting. So yeah, I don't know. I guess people just have to follow their, follow their gut on that. Maybe you need and to tag along. what you're feeling. Yeah. Uh, maybe tag along to an experiment with um, Charisse or something hmm. where she uses some of those techniques and things. Because again, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a field where you can learn so much from other people or, gain insight as to how they approach it and you know it's something that I think you constantly evolve and you're constantly learning and adapting and responding to what other people are doing but also your own experiences and adapting what you're doing accordingly based on things that you pick up or and and so on and so forth and and I think it's this never-ending kind of journey along answering the same kinds of yeah questions (laughs) maybe one day people will get to the end of that question mark and have the answer who knows <laughs> you know now, part of me can... part of me kind of like never wants it to be answered I always just kind of I feel like it should always just be this like lifelong curiosity that we all have and that we'll only know the answer to when our time comes it might be a letdown <laughs> and, and you know what <laughs> is that it that's all right <laughs> my theories are way more wild <laughs> I'll go with that. I love that. So where is the Google Guide going next? Um, so we are going to Kentucky next. That is the definite. Um, and that trip kind of kicks off a month-long uh travel adventure that I'll probably be having. Um I so on the weekends I'll probably be back in Vermont. Uh, I'm definitely going to be in New York again, and then I will be in Pennsylvania for two days doing Crescent Sanatorium, which is like a new a new haunt that kind of appeared. So it was a sanatorium that turned into a state correctional facility that has been closed down for the past nine years. So we have a private overnight there, and then the next night we're going to do the Green County Poor Farm. And then after that, I'll probably be in Illinois. West Virginia, hopefully Virginia, then probably Pennsylvania, New York again. All over the map, in other words. Yep, all over. Wherever the wind takes you. Honestly, wherever the ghosts are, I'll be there. That would have been more appropriate. Wherever the ghosts take you, not the wind, wherever the ghosts take you. They're guiding you. Exactly. Who's guiding who here? Exactly. I kind of feel like you need Google Guide postcards so that you can drop them to people on these you know, journeys. I might. Um, What I have been doing, I actually started this at kind of at Wildwood and Hinsdale, but then I upped it. I upped the ante at uh, Crescent. 
I've been leaving little stickers and business cards. And um, at Crescent, I've been putting Polaroid packs together with a sticker and a business card and a Polaroid. And I've been hiding them around. So at Waverly, I'll be doing the same thing. So I'll be taking Polaroids and I'll just be hiding them around the building for whoever comes next and spots them. They're yours. Um, I'll probably, I'm going to try to do it at every location I go to. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's like kind of different type of networking. Yeah. Um, I thought it, I've just been leaving like stickers at location and I put it on my story. Like if you want a sticker, come to Hinsdale or something like that. And my friend Becky actually grabbed that one. And then when we, I did a tour at Crescent a couple weeks ago, I was like, there's a whole bunch of different buildings. Why don't I just leave some Polaroids around? And I'm pretty sure all of them were taken that day. Wow. Because uh, Ghost Hunt, there was another like Ghost Hunt uh, production or something coming coming for a hunt that night. And they had a whole bunch of people. So I'm pretty sure, like, I thought I hit them well. But yeah, I'm pretty sure all of them were taken. So we'll see where you find them. Well, you know, you've got all of these expanding little things happening because you've also got the Haunted Mir- Mirror Selfie Club, which is now yeah. less of a club and more of a, <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like. I, I think Adam, <laughs> and I think Adam Barry is a part of it now from Kindred <gasps> Spirits. Um, right. Right? My friend Becky, um, she kind of hooked up with him over over the last weekend and they went to some masquerade ball in Salem. And she took a she took a mirror selfie with him. So mm-hmm. I've yet to post it, but it'd be like, is this true? Did Adam Barry join the club? <laughs> you need to put a hashtag on that right now. <laughs> Claim that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the mirror selfie club just kind of like took off. It was this weird I just remember making this post um, of me taking a mirror selfie at Hinsdale, and I was like, my name's Courtney, selfies at haunted locations, there's no shame in this game, and then all of a sudden, it just turned into this haunted mirror selfie club where people all over just take mirror selfies in haunted locations and join the club. It's... For me, it was just, like, a little takeaway because you really can't get, like, souvenirs from these places. I mean, sometimes you can, but, like, this was, like, a little personal souvenir. Um, Just kind of look back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that day. And it kind of just spiraled. And I, I love what it, I loved what it become, what, ha- what it has become, honestly. Well, it's, like you said, it's a way of capturing a moment in memory, but it's, it's become this way of connecting with other people, sharing their memories. And mm-hmm. that's so cool. It's just, yeah. I think it, was, it really shines a positive light on the community that, you know, this, people can be great. It can be really inclusive and, and special. And that kind of shows that to a really in a, in a really good way. Yeah, and it was just a like, happy little accident that yeah. kind of came, and I couldn't be more happy with where it is, where it's going to go. Hopefully it goes for, Hopefully it goes far. we got to get more celebs involved, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Start with Adam Berry. <laughs> and then see where it goes. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> honestly, every time I look at what you're doing, I just think it's exciting, and you're... I mean, it's just, like you said earlier, it's just really exploded. You've just been here and there and everywhere. And oh, it's it, just incredible what you're yeah, doing. It, is, it has been a whirlwind. And it is something completely unexpected, but something that I 
have been very, very fortunate to do. And I will never forget that. So I'm, I, I'm here for it. And I'm and, here for the future. And I wouldn't be surprised what you do next. Like, <laughs> write a book. Um, end up on the TV. I don't know. I mean, we never know. We never know what's going to happen. So yes. never say no because who knows what's around the corner. And yeah, I, I can't wait for it. I, can't, I think it'll be exciting. Well, thank you. Thank you, Courtney, as always, for coming along and chit chatting. It's amazing talking to you. And it's just been so long since the last time we got together. So I know. You were, it's so great. weird. It's so weird to think that, like, you were my first podcast that I was and ever on. you were on. my first guest. <laughs> and then look at us now. I know. Like, pros, kind of. Sort right? Of. <laughs> it only took a year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, it is always special to chat with you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. If you like this podcast, there's a number of things you can do. Come and join us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Spread the word about us with friends and family. Leave a review on our website or other podcast platforms. To support the podcast further, why not head on over to join us on Patreon, where you can sign up to gain a library of additional material and recordings. And in the process, know you're helping the podcast continue to put out more content. On a final note, if you haven't read it already, then you can find my piece In Search of the Medieval in Volume 3 of The Feminine Macabre over on spookeats.com or via Amazon. Links to the book will also be in the episode description. Thank you everyone for your amazing support. Mm-hmm.